0: Starting to heat up, and so is the MLS action. This is the SPI show. Hello, everybody. I'm Ida Scialarce, and yes, the sun is out. It's beautiful out on the East Coast. I'm I'm here in Jersey, and I can tell you, uh, it's pretty amazing. I I, I don't even want to be inside right now recording. I wish I could be outside enjoying some of the sun, and uh, I will definitely be doing that this weekend. Plenty to talk about on this latest episode. We have Week Two of the MLS season kicking off. Uh, we'll, we'll be I'll be previewing all those matches. Uh, that we can also talk about Americans abroad. I'll be discussing the U.S. national team as well, and also the U-23 team, which we should be finding out uh, who made that team pretty soon. And also, we we'll talk a little bit European soccer, I'm trying to incorporate that a little bit more. Uh, I'm actually riding solo today. No, uh, no guest hosts, no guest co-hosts today. Uh, my man Paul Tenorio is uh, is down in Orlando. He's uh, he's there uh, visiting. Uh, he's down with his brother, uh, hanging out, and uh, he's actually taking in his, for- his quote-unquote, his former team, Orlando City, against his new team, the Chicago Fire, uh, so that I'm sure that will be an interesting one for him. Uh, we'll, we'll, that's one of the 10 games we'll be talking about, and uh, I'll, I'll kick things off uh, talking about Friday night, Orlando City and the Chicago Fire, they, they get things rolling. Friday night soccer is the new thing now. Uh, it, it spreads out the weekend a bit. Um, but it, it makes things interesting, for sure. Uh, for those of you who, who always kind of wanted your soccer fix on Friday nights, now MLS is giving you that. And uh, it starts off with Orlando against Chicago. Uh, interesting matchup. Kaka is not playing for Orlando City. He's still injured. However, we could see Antonio Nocherino making his debut for for the Lions, and, and uh, they face the Chicago Fire team uh, that will be looking to make up for the disappointing display in the season-opening loss to nycfc as far as orlando city goes as we remember they they had the dramatic uh, last minute x <laughs> stoppage time two goal comeback uh and uh against uh, Real Salt Lake, and now they're at home again uh you have to think they're a little bit of a favorite here even though they don't have Kaka. uh no no uh, no word yet on if he's gonna start or if he's just gonna play uh, but even without him, I, th- I think uh, Orlando City still has the weapons to, to to really cause problems for a Chicago defense that, let's face it, folks, look pretty bad in the opener. And uh, I don't know how much better it'll be. I know the Fire uh, d- uh, do have midfielder John Goosens, who's formally signed now. Uh, but as far as that defense goes, Velsko is, is he's got his hands full with that group. And, you know, that's pretty much the team they're going to ride with. I don't know what's going on with the goalkeeper situation. Will we see Matt Lampson? Will she Sean Johnson? But uh, I think it's gonna be a tough go down in Orlando for them. Uh, that to be fair, the Fire do have some attacking weapons. They can cause some problems. And Orlando City's defense uh, did show itself to be a bit suspect in that first in that first game of the season. So uh, you know, hopefully, we see some fireworks on Friday. I wouldn't mind a, a goal fest to, to roll us into the weekend. Uh, MLS Week Two continues on Saturday with an old school Eastern Conference. Uh, clash, New England against D.C. United, and uh, New England will be at home for this one. Uh, they had their own comeback. Uh, they scored late to tie uh, to tie um, Houston uh, 3-3, Daigo Kobayashi with the dramatic equalizer. They face a D.C. United team that, let's face it, we've been saying it since preseason, they're going to struggle. Uh, and they look pretty bad against the LA Galaxy in their opener. Um, now, usually these teams still find a way to battle. Uh, there's just that East Coast kind of, you know, that, that, that bad blood that, that, that always seems to be there. So sh- it still should be a competitive match. Um, DC will be traveling up uh, 95 to, to Gillette Stadium to face the Revs. I still still think the Revs, uh, you have to like them in this matchup, just being at home. Um, very interested to see uh, Diego Fagundes build on his uh, Week 1 performance. And yes, I did find it interesting uh, The Jay Heaps, after that match, kind of uh, pointed out that he would like to have seen more uh from Fagundes and I'm sure some people kinda took that and said, Wait, why why uh why would he say that? I mean they you know they look pretty damn good and he, he had a hand in all three goals. Like come on coach, like, you know, take it easy on him. Uh but it's totally understandable. You know, you you take a coach and he has this young player with all this talent. Um he wants he he wants him to be better. He's always gonna want him to be better. Um, I thought it was interesting uh, that uh, it happened the same weekend that uh, that we saw the Pep Guardiola, uh, Kimmich uh, scene after their the, their game against Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Kimmich was was excellent uh, for Bayern, uh, our man of the match probably for them but there was still Pep Guardiola after the match giving him instructions on the field really passionately like kind of telling him look man like you're great but you know this is what you like you could you know this is what you could do better and uh you know what that's what coaches want to do with their young players you don't want to let a young player rest on his laurels you don't want to let him get comfortable or happy uh with with uh with success you know you want you want him to know that he can do better and and i think that's what the Jay heaps was looking at there uh he wants to keep that that pressure on uh Fagundes so he can have a big year and not just the big first game uh moving on now we have a, a western conference clash rialso Lake, seattle sounders two of the Concacaf champions league uh quarter finalists. and uh rialso lake is obviously going to be smarting a bit after that 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 collapse late collapse in orlando uh, but there's still there's still a team that ha- that is showing quite a bit of promise and probably are looking better than most people would have expected at this point um, heading into the season I think they're they're a much more dangerous team than maybe people were giving them credit for even a month ago but now we'll see what they're really about they go up against the Seattle team uh, that uh, also had a disappointing opening uh, they actually lost at home they lost to Sporting Kansas City uh, they, uh, that that's gonna be a tough one Seattle will be without Brad Evans who's injured um, but this is uh, this is not an easy test by any means for the Sounders. Uh, uh th- their defense is going to be tested, uh, uh, definitely by that trio of Yura Sisi and Zhao Plata, and Burrito, <laughs> everyone's favorite nickname. Uh, that, that attack is is a handful. It's a handful, and Siggy uh, Schmidt's going to have to uh, organize that defense uh, in a way to to, to get the, to make sure that RSL doesn't run em, run them run uh, ragged and uh as far as the sounders go their attack needs to show more obviously uh they were shut out in the opener by sporting kansas city um i think uh, clint dempsey and and company it probably had some fatigue from that from coming off of the midweek champions league match uh, now they've had a full week off they've rested they, sh- they should go into this one um much more dangerous and i think this is going to be a great game i think this will be one of the matches of the weekend it's not necessarily my pick for match of the weekend but it's going to be up there it's going to be a fun one to watch i think um uh, We'll see a good number of goals. We'll we'll see that Kyle Beckerman, Osvaldo Alonso uh, battle that uh, you know we've seen in the past. Uh, just the two of the best in, in the business in MLS at at controlling the midfield and and that'll be a fun one. Uh, and obviously Alon- uh, Alonso against Javier Morales, um, Beckerman looking to to keep uh, Dempsey under wraps. So that, it's going to be a fun. That's going to be a good one. Uh, moving on up to Canada, Montreal Impact taking on the New York Red Bulls in Montreal without Didier Drogba. Uh, are coming off a very impressive road win against vancouver uh they're at home now they'll be at olympic stadium for this one still without drogba but they'll be at olympic stadium very interested to see what kind of crowd the impact get for that one they face the red bulls team that was shut out in a defeat at home to toronto fc uh right off the bat you have your supporters shield winners taking that first loss and now having going up having to go up to uh, montreal to uh, face a really tough montreal team uh, that Red Bulls attack is, uh, you know, they're going to have their hands full. Uh, the impacts defense is very strong. Obviously, uh, defender of the year, Lawrence Simon, is anchor stings. You have Evan Bush in goal, who I thought did well in the opener. So they, that that's going to be a very interesting matchup, tough matchup. Red Bulls. Uh, definitely don't want to start the season with two disappointing performances, especially when it comes to scoring goals. They, they they came into the year having been the highest scoring team in the league last year. So now if they uh, you know if they lay another egg, then all of a sudden the questions will begin uh, about you know is this is the Red Bulls team in for a down year? Now obviously uh, coming into the year, I, I thought that they would have they would take a step back. I thought they would uh, not be as good as they were a year ago. Although part of that for me was about their defense and not necessarily their attack. I actually thought their attack would be better. Uh, Gonzalo Verón, um, not sure what his status is for the weekend. I think he he's a guy who, when he gets back into the fold for them, will help their attack for sure. Um, but um, it's unclear uh, just how available he'll be for this one. Uh, as far as my trial goes, Ignacio Piatti was, was obviously the man, uh, the star of the show uh, for the impact over in Vancouver. He had two goals uh, and he was just excellent. And... Uh, He's going to have his hands full uh, uh, against the Red Bulls uh, midfield that likes to make things difficult. Um, Now, having said that, uh, I think that Red Bulls midfield had had its troubles last week. I don't think the impact are going to bunker in like TFC. I think they're going to try to open things up and uh, it's going to be a great matchup. The battle in the midfield, when you want to talk about Piotti, Eric Alexander, uh, Harrison Ship against the Red Bulls, obviously in their trio um, in the middle. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good one uh, up there in Montreal. So uh, you're going to want to keep an eye out on that one. Uh, heading back west again, uh, we have the Colorado Rapids LA Galaxy. And, uh, you know, the Colorado Rapids, we keep hearing about the moves they're making. And obviously they signed Jermaine Jones. Uh, that was a big signing for them. He won't be with them for a while. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, they we want to see what they have to offer before they get the likes of Jermaine Jones and Tim Howard. And I think they're very much still a work in progress. Um, they, they opened the season with a 1-0 loss to San Jose. Uh, that attack still looks looks sta- stale. It looks stale and stagnant. And uh, obviously when they, they had a player like Gashi, who's supposed to really help their attack, uh, you know, we didn't see it in the opener just yet. Um, but now they face an LA Galaxy team that, you know what, defensively looks like maybe they're a little vulnerable. So um, if you're Pablo Mastroini, you want to look at that Galaxy DC opener and you saw a DC team that that had chances, a DC team that had an opportunity to really put put some goals up in the first half of that game. Um and you know, if, if you're Colorado, you want you, you have to feel good about being able to create some chances. Now the Galaxy will have Gilles Van Damme back in in the fold for them. Um now the question is if you're Bruce Arena, do you plug him right back into the starting lineup or do you keep Daniel Stairs in the game in in, in the team? I mean, he was excellent in the in week 1. He obviously scored a goal but he was very good defensively uh and uh he's you know he's that local product for them uh who graduated up from from la too and he 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 looked good man He, he looked good i i would say uh you know it's an interesting one for bruce arena uh what he does there um that that one will be will bear watching for sure um i still like the galaxy though i think i think uh even though they're on the road and it is tough to play in colorado no question the altitude is a is kind of that equalizing factor, but I think the Galaxy will they, they they'll they'll continue to roll. And 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 once again, Gio DeSantos Santos is out for this one. Uh, he ha- he he is still injured, and you know, obviously, in the last episode, I I had my questions about whether or not he was actually injured. It just seemed convenient that he left at halftime of a game where he just did not look good. Um, so, you know what? Maybe he is injured. Uh, he's he's going to miss this one. It, but guess what? Now that he's out, it means Mike McGee will have another opportunity to show that he can, uh, he can handle things uh, in that attack. And, uh, you know, based on that one half that he put in against D.C., uh, McGee looks ready to have a big year. So... The, that that'll bear watching um, when these when uh, Colorado and the Galaxy face off. Uh, moving back east, we keep hopping back and forth. That's how the schedule breaks uh, is broken out. I'm I'm I'm, ra- I'm reading off the games in the order that they're being played. So uh, that in case you're sitting here like, what you know, why is uh, why to keep bouncing back and forth? That's just how the schedule uh, broken out. Uh, but we have Columbus against the Philadelphia Union. Now the Union have never won in Columbus. They uh, I believe they're. 06 in 1 uh all time I think that was the stat I saw uh it's or, or maybe they haven't won in their last 7 so it's been a while if, if if you know it's a tough go it's a tough trip for Philly when they go to Columbus and now they're going to go against the Columbus Crew team that's going to really be eager to get on the winning track after opening the season with a loss in Portland um the Timbers look so good against against the Crew you can't really can't begrudge the crew for, for that loss because they, it was a tough opponent. They were on the road, but now they're back home. You have to think this is the biggest mismatch of the weekend, and and the crew are the biggest favorite of the weekend. And I'm definitely interested to see Kai Kamara's uh, response to his week one performance, which was just not good enough. He missed some really clear chances in that opening loss to Portland. Now he now he goes up against a, a vulnerable Philadelphia defense, and this is the perfect opponent for him to get on the scoring track and to get back to that, you know. And he, he's gonna if with the money he's making now, he signed his new contract. You expect him to put up big numbers and, and be the big factor in attack, and and this will be his opportunity against the Philly defense that, that is is vulnerable. Let's face it. So uh, and now we, and now the Union, I mean, let's face it, they start off. They lose to Dallas, which you know Dallas is one of the top teams in the league, so you can't you know you, it, it's not exactly an embarrassing loss. But then they get the news of Maurice Du being out now for three to four months with a with a fracture. Uh, that's a devastating blow for the union for the union because you know Maurice Adu is supposed to be a big part of of, of their their plans, and without him, that's a huge loss for them. And and I, I gotta say, uh, you know, talk of the playoffs and talk about the Philly. You know, this being the season that Philly really turns it on, uh, I really have my doubts now. And and yes, it's only one player, but that one player is very important for them, Marisha, do. So we'll see. We'll see if the union can actually show something in this game in Columbus. But uh, it's not going to be easy. But uh, yeah, I'm going go to go the crew uh, to win this one pretty comfortably. Moving on to Texas. We have the Texas Derby, Houston Dynamo, FC Dallas. Uh, Houston really showed some good things. Uh, against the new against the revolution in their opener, uh, unfortunately their defense didn't didn't necessarily have the best game. They give up three goals and give up the late equalizer. However, um, their attack looks dangerous. Their attack looks like it's going to be able to cause problems uh, this year. And uh, they, they face a tough test against FC Dallas and FC Dallas defense, obviously led by Matt Hedges. And you have Jesse Gonzalez in goal. Um, they pit, they pitched the a shutout in the opener against Philly. Uh, so that, that I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Now, if you're FC Dallas and you're the FC Dallas attack, you have to be licking your chops at, at uh, facing that Houston defense. And uh, I know Fabian Castillo, his availability is still in question in terms of his, if he's going to start. Uh, he picked up a knock uh, in the Philly game. And even, even if he's not available, you still have to think with more Diaz, uh, Mike Barrios, uh, Maxi Arruti, that they still have the attacking weapons to cause um, some serious problems. For the Dynamo, um, I I think this will be a a solid game. Uh, hopefully, it won't be a snoozer. Um, I think it's going to be a back and forth act, uh, a match. Actually, just looking at the way di- th- this this 2016 Dynamo team looks like, it's a much more attack minded team, much more open team. So hopefully, that translates into what should be a wide open Texas Derby and not a, you know not a, a, a boring one, which we've seen in the past. We've seen these teams kind of. You know, uh, ha- have some have some low, lower scoring affairs, but I, th- I think this game is going to be a fun one. Another fun one. Uh, there's some. There, there are not a ton of high profile matchups this week, but there are some really intriguing ones that should yield uh, some really good uh, high scoring matches. And I think this could be another one. Um, moving on, and a Western Conference, another uh, a Western Conference clash. Sporting Kansas City at home. They're taking on the Vancouver Whitecaps and uh, KC with that big road win in Seattle. They have to be feeling really good as they return home to Sporting Park. Take on a Vancouver Whitecaps side that is is has to be uh, you know, thinking about how to avoid a really bad start to the season. They, they, they were disappointing in their opener against Montreal. They only have themselves to blame, really, for that one. Uh, some of the mistakes that they made in that game were, were pretty surprising, especially when you talk about guys like David Osted, uh Kendall Waston guys who are usually the anchors of that of that team uh they you know they didn't they didn't come out with their best performance on opening day so now the white caps have that chance to rebound in Kansas City which is which isn't exactly an easy place to play uh and and especially now with Kansas City you know beating Seattle uh now we'll see if they actually uh, are even stronger this week as they get some guy uh, guys back who uh, who missed last week because of an injury uh, because of injuries you know you talk about Benny Fellhaber Harbor didn't play last week Sesanovic didn't play last week uh, so we'll see. We'll see uh, what lineup Peter Ramiz is able to trot out there. I'm very interested to see Dom Dwyer uh, really try to get going now. Obviously, Casey won last week, but they only scored the one goal, and the one goal was uh, was by uh, center back Nuno Coelho. So we want to see that Casey attack and and if they can produce because they're going to have to produce this year. Uh, I said it before the season started that you know Casey's attack is going to be what determines what they do, and Dom Dwyer is, has to have a big year. Um, so this would be a good matchup. Waston against um, Dwyer should be a good battle. Uh, looking forward to that one. And then obviously Vancouver. Uh, they're going. They're their attack did did score some goals, but their defense obviously let them down last week against Montreal. And I want to see how that uh, that Vancouver defense responds uh, on their in their trip to KC. So that, that that's a good. That's another good matchup. Uh, there's some pretty good matchups, some pretty good storylines, and and I think this one. Uh, it will be an interesting. if you are Carl Robinson you do not want to start the season 0 and 2 um so it's going to it's going to be very key for the White Caps to to at least try to get a point in Kansas City. Uh and hey, that's not going to be easy. Uh moving on now to uh Sunday's sleep. Uh New York City FC at uh, versus Toronto FC at Yankee Stadium. I will be at Yankee Stadium. I'll be in the Bronx for this one. And it, it's funny, you know, they, they before the season started, maybe this one would not have been seen as the sexiest matchup, but it's a pretty intriguing matchup now because you talk, you're talking about two teams that open the year with victories, and uh, you know you have Patrick Vieira you have Patrick Vieira making his home coaching debut at Yankee Stadium. You have Toronto FC looking to build off of their impressive uh, victory at the Red Bulls. So uh, plenty of storylines, tons of storylines. You have Javinko uh, and and Pirlo, the former teammates uh, at at Juventus. Uh, you have Pierlo against that NYCFC defense again, which we know what happened last. Year. I mean, not Pirlo, Javinko against the NYCFC defense last year. We know what happened there. Um, and then we have this NYCFC attack now that looks so good in the opening win against Chicago. They put up four goals, and now they go up against the TFC defense that shut down the Red Bulls' attack. So that that that's the matchup. That's for me probably the the most intriguing and inter- interesting matchup of the weekend is to see if that NYC attack is for real and to see if that TFC defense is for real because, you know, it, TFC, they, their defenses look so good against the Red Bulls. Uh, all the new pickups that they, that they've made Stephen Bateshore, Drew Moore, Clint Irwin, uh, Will Johnson, uh, really solid performance, but now they have to play NYCFC. They have to play them on that small field. They have to deal with the speed that NYCFC has on the flanks. Um, but to be fair, the t- TFC defense is not the Chicago Fire defense. You're talking night and day there. Uh, the Fire defense, you know, could be one, could be the one of the worst, if not the worst, in the league this year. So uh, NYCFC is going to have a, t- a much tougher time uh, putting up goals against TFC. But it should be an exciting match, and uh, you, you have two coaches who who, who look good in their debut in their in their openers. Uh, Greg Vanny, I thought, did an excellent job of of putting TFC in a position to win their opener, and then obviously Patrick Vieira with his emphasis on on attacking. And, and and proactive style that he's trying to implement there uh he did a good job in that opener so now we'll see uh which of those two ha- gets the better of sunday's matchup and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good test and how about the battle in midfield by the way you're talking michael bradley and will johnson against try, uh, trying to deal with andrea Pirlo uh and also mixed is and uh, tommy mcnamara so that that midfield uh battle is gonna be a fun one as well uh, I'm going to have to go, <laughs> I don't know who I'd pick in that one. I got to tell you, I, uh, I, I'll probably, you know what? I think NYCFC, they'll, they'll build a little bit of momentum. Uh, I think it could be, I, you know what? I, I, I feel like it's going to be a tie, but I'll go NYCFC. Cause I think look, David Villa, I have David Villa down to be the golden boot winner. He, and he, he, he managed not to score any of the four goals last week, but I think he'll be due for a couple against TFC or at least one, at least one. And, uh, I'll go two one NYCFC. Uh, in what should be a very good game. And now we get the last MLS match of the weekend, which I actually am putting down as the game of the week. And I know it might surprise some people that I would pick this one to be game of the week. But San Jose against the Portland Timbers. uh, The Earthquakes are at home at Avaya Stadium, playing host to the Timbers, the defending champions, who look so good in their opening win against Columbus. And uh, what intrigued me about this matchup is that and as I wrote for gold.com in my, in my Friday MLS preview piece, uh, it's easy to forget that San Jose was, uh, was a team that was right there with Portland last year toward the end of the year and was chasing them to get into the playoffs uh, right before the Timbers went on that in, incredible hot streak uh, and pulled away and, and San Jose fell short. But remember, last year was year one of the, of the Dom Kinnear Project uh, 2.0 uh, in San Jose. And, uh, you know, we all know Dom Kinnear is a very good coach. And he really transformed that team a ton. And just in year one, I know they didn't make the playoffs, but people need to remember how awful the twenty fourteen season was for the earthquakes. And from what Dom Kinnear took them to, to, to you know, from what he what he inherited to what they were able to do was one of the better and I thought more underrated coaching jobs of the twenty six of twenty fifteen season. So now here we are, heading into twenty sixteen in earthquakes. Uh, you know, they're, they're a tough team. They're a tough team. And, is, and I know the West is stacked and I know it's not going to be easy for the earthquakes to make the playoffs. But this is the kind of match that will really tell us just how serious they are as a com- contender for a playoff spot. Uh, when you face a team like Portland, which is one of the strongest, if not the strongest team in the league. San Jose's defense is very good. One of the more underrated units in the league they already posted their first shutout in the opener. David Bingham was, was for me the best goalkeeper in week 1. He had the best goalkeeping performance in week 1. So he looks like he's going to have a big year. I almost picked him for goalkeeper of the year. I'm already regretting that. I didn't pick him because that, that I, I think that was a little bit more of a uh, that's not that wasn't as much of a lock pick. I picked David Osten and, and he had a bl- he had a blunder in the in the first week. So that's looking great but you know that San Jose defense against that Timbers attack it's going to be interesting uh, when you think about Fernando Adi and how good he looked in the opener. He's got to go up against Clarence Goodson and Victor Bernarda as that tough, strong center-back Tanner for the Earthquakes. Uh, but again, the Timbers, with the speed they have on the flanks, with Dairon Espria and Lucas Milano, San Jose is going to have their handful. And I know San Jose has speed on the flanks as well. We all know Marvell Wynn is, is a blazer. But uh, but that's going to be a tough, tough, tough test for the, uh, for the Earthquakes. But again, it's our chance to see... Just how legitimate they are as a as a true playoff contender this year. And if they can if they can beat Portland, uh that would be that would be a big statement and would send a very strong message around the league that Dom Kinnear's second year is, is gonna turn it turn them into a real winner. And and uh so that one will bear watching. But again, Timbers so tough. Their attack their counterattack is about as good a counterattack as I've seen in years in MLS. So uh that one that that's a great match. So Make sure you catch that on Sunday night, uh, and that's it for the MLS uh, MLS Week Two slate. I think I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I made predictions for all of these games. Uh, quick rundown: Yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm picking Orlando, picking New England, uh, RSL Seattle. Ooh, tough one. I'm gonna go tie. I'm gonna go tie. Uh, Montreal Red Bulls. I think Red Bulls rebound with a road win. Uh, Galaxy. I think get a road win. I think the Crew blow out the Union uh FC Dallas uh a, t- a close win in Houston I think FC Dallas wins it uh Kansas City I think they win at home uh NYCFC wins at home uh and then uh oh uh, San Jose Portland that's such a tough one San Jose it's tough at home but I can't pick against the Timbers man I can't they they're the way they're playing right now I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to I'm not going to do it. I'm going to pick the Timbers uh to win on the road uh, but it wouldn't shock me at all if uh if they uh if if they lose, if San Jose wins. Moving on now to some US National Team talk. The US Men's National Team will return to action uh in 2 weeks when World Cup qualifying resumes. The US takes on Guatemala in back-to-back matchups. Still uh travel down to Central America for the first game and then return to the US to play uh Guatemala in Columbus and uh it's uh, it, it's right around the corner and uh I uh I wrote about that this past week on gold.com just uh, pointing out some of the questions that Jordan Klinsman' is going to have to uh get answers to uh in the lead up to those games and uh, I know everyone's I know some people will think oh it's Guatemala they're not they're not that strong uh doesn't really matter you, you can play you can play you can experiment uh and not worry about it too much but you never take things for granted in qualifying, especially when you're talking about going down to Central America. Things are always tricky. And yes, this Guatemala team may not be as strong as it has been in the past, but uh, it, there's always that tricky proposition of going down to Central America and uh, and dropping potential points. And uh, one of the points I, I made in, in my recent piece on that is the fact that if you're Jurgen Klinsmann, this is your opportunity to lock up. You're spot in the hex with two wins. If you beat Guatemala twice, you're in. It's uh, there'll be three zero and one at that point, uh, and they'll be assured of one of the top two spots in 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 the group because the top two advance to the hex out of this group, um, and you you already be ahead of Guatemala, and and you pretty much be U.S. and Trinidad would go through most likely uh, as would be expected. However, if you drop points then it kind of keeps things open and then you have to go into the last couple of games still needing a result. If you're Jurgen Klinsmann, you want to put it away now and then have those games later in the year to experiment and to maybe uh, give some young players an opportunity um, to, against, you know, a little team like Trinidad and obviously the St. Vincent and the Grenadines. uh that last match will most likely not, not, not be for anything. Uh, you'd like to think the U S would be qualified by then. Um, but still, is going to want to put put things to bed this month. And he has that opportunity. Uh, and some of the questions that he has to ask uh, that I, I discussed, uh, number one is who replaces Jermaine Jones in the starting lineup? For those of you who missed it, Jermaine Jones signed with uh, the Colorado Rapids. And by signing with the Rapids, that, that uh, triggered his suspension that he was hit with after last season uh, for uh, assault. Now, I don't want to say assaulting, but accosting uh, a referee uh, in the playoffs and a six-game suspension. And while he is serving that suspension, he can't play for the U.S. national team. So he won't be in the lineup. And I know some people will say, well, thank goodness he's not in the lineup because he shouldn't be in the lineup anyway. And you know what? That's a whole other discussion. But for now, what we can discuss is the fact that he will not be there. So who will Clinsman turn to to plug into the starting lineup where norm- where J- Jermaine Jones no- normally is and uh, Klinsman's got some some options. He's got some options. Uh, for me, Danny Williams is a player who's playing really well in Europe right now. Uh, I know he didn't look good the last time he, he got a chance for the U.S., but I think he deserves another opportunity. I think at his age and with the the, the level that he's playing at this year uh, for Reading FC, I think he's earned a look, uh, and I know there's some other more, more – some safer picks, uh, namely Kyle Beckerman, uh, who he's kind of all reliable. You know, if you're Jurgen Klinsmann, you want to bring in Kyle Beckerman because you know what he's, you know what he's going to give you, and you know that he can play against this level of competition. You know, Beckerman against Guatemala, he's going to do what needs to be done. He's going to handle himself. However, when you think about the long term, the bigger picture, and and you want to look at maybe having an opportunity to give someone younger. Um, but someone who's also deserving an opportunity. And I think Danny Williams, he's a younger player. He's someone who seems who seems like a more reasonable kind of long-term option, when, you, especially when you're talking about 2018. So for me, if it were up to me, I'd probably go Danny Williams over Kyle Beckerman. Uh, now, if there was a tougher opponent, I'd probably think Kyle Beckerman. I mean, if they were playing Mexico, Costa Rica, uh, or somebody like that, then then yeah, then sure. then Then you could say, oh, well, you know. Beckerman has, has done it against that level of opponent. Let's go with him. Um, but for me, I would go Danny Williams. And there are other options as well. Uh, you talk about Darlington Nagby, uh, someone who I'm sure U.S. a lot of U.S. fans will say, hey, give him his chance. You know, he looked great last year. Uh, he had an amazing season. He showed well in the, in the qualifiers last year. Why not give him his opportunity? And, and I'm all for that. I'm definitely in favor of Nagby being incorporated sooner than later. The only question that I have is, will Klinsman given that, that opportunity uh, because the sense that I, that I've gotten is that he didn't necessarily look look great in the January camp, and that maybe he was still he needed to catch up a bit. And it was interesting that Jurgen Klinsman made made some comments after the camp um, that the March friendlies would more likely be a showcase for European based players because they're more likely to be in a uh, for, more further along in terms of fitness then MLS players who will just, you know, have a couple of games under their belts in league play. Um and if that's what Klinsmann's kind of con- is that's his kind of thinking, is reasoning, then you can totally see him going with a Danny Williams who's who's in the midst of it, in the middle of his uh of the of his season down at Reading uh, over a Nagby who's only played a couple of games even though Nagby really looks like the future uh a future lock starter down the road. If it were me, I'd probably go Nagby against Guatemala because I don't think you need uh, a pure defensive midfielder against Guatemala. Um, and I just think Nagby gives you more in the attack than Danny Williams. Having said that, in terms of the bigger picture and wanting to groom somebody who can be a defensive midfielder for you when the games get tougher, then I see the opportunity to give Danny Williams a chance to show him, to, to show what he can do. And uh, I know he's had opportunities in the past. Um and as long as Gunsman doesn't go back to playing him out of position like he did, uh, you know, five years ago, three, uh, f- well, four, three, four years ago when was playing him on the right wing a lot, um, I think Williams has a chance to show well. So that 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 is another one. And and, and another player to think about is Alejandro Bedoya, who has been playing quite a bit centrally for not not in France. Uh, he, you know, he plays uh, he plays on the right quite a bit. Uh, but he's had a a, a bunch of games now playing centrally for not. So you wonder. Will Klinsmann see that and say, "Okay, maybe I can play him centrally, not as if not as a defensive midfielder, mind you, because we all know the Bedoya as defensive midfielder experiment did not go so well. The one time that Klinsmann tried it, uh, it was ugly. It was against Brazil. Uh, Bedoya had a shocker, and then Klinsmann threw him under the bus, even though Bedoya has never played that position before. So we don't need we don't need to relive that whole thing again. Uh, but again, having said that, you know what? Bedoya has, an, in terms of as an attacker. Uh, playing in a central role, you know what? It's something, uh, it's something that, you know, maybe Klinsman looks at. And then obviously Lee Wynn is another guy who I, I thought he was excellent in the January camp, even though he played more on the left than centrally. We all know he can play centrally, and, and that's kind of his, you know, his wheelhouse. He can play there. He's another guy that Klinsman can think about. Um, and then moving on, we talk about who starts in goal. Is it Tim Howard? Or is it Brag, Tim Howard is on the bench at Everton. Uh, he's going he's coming to MLS he's going to the Colorado Rapids and and by all accounts you know he kind of was paving the way to make that move and i think Everton at that when once Everton knew that Tim Howard was gone going to be gone this summer they pretty much handed the job over to Joel Robles and 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 not to say Robles isn't a isn't a worthy starter but if i think if Howard hadn't pushed for the move to MLS I think he could very well still be the starter for Everton if uh, because if Roberto Martinez thought Howard would be back next year, um, then maybe he sticks with him. But obviously, you know, when Howard's wanting to leave, that's how that's how it goes. You know, I mean, if a team knows that, that you're not going to be back, chances are you're going to fall out of favor there. I mean, I, I'll always remember Carlos Pocanegra when he was at Fulham. You know, he was a regular starter, excellent player for Fulham. Uh, but he, once it became clear he wasn't going to renew his contract, all of a sudden he was stuck on the bench and, uh, you know, didn't play again really for them down a the stretch. That, and, and that happens. People don't realize that that, 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 that happens, but it definitely does. Um, but Tim Howard hasn't been playing. Brad Guzan was benched, but now has regained his starting job. And obviously, look, he's having a – Aston Villa is having a nightmare, nightmare season. But Brad Guzan, the fact that he fought his way back into the starting lineup says a lot. Uh, and he's getting games, you know, he's getting games. So if you're, if you're Klinsman, do you go with the guy who's getting games or the guy who's not getting games for me? I think he still sticks with Howard just because Howard has more experience and, and, and is a, is more of a leader in the back. Now that may not be the decision in, in the summer, because again, if, if Guzan is playing for the next two months consistently, and then Tim Howard hasn't played at all by the time he gets to the summer, it's going to be a much tougher uh, decision for Klinsman at that point. And then maybe you can give Guzan the edge. So that one that one will bear watching. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to see the split game thing again where you give Guzan one start, Tim Howard one start. Uh, if, if he's going to do that, if Klinsman is going to do that, I think we'll see Howard in Guatemala, Guzan in Columbus. Um, I think that's pretty much the way it's going to go. Um, another question that Klinsman has to ask is, where will Fabian Johnson play? And I know uh, most U.S. fans will say, play him on the wing. Play him at left wing. He's killing it for Mönchengladbach. Why wouldn't you play him at the position he's playing great at? Uh, And it's very simple. As we've we've said many times, he is the best U.S. player at four positions, right? And when when, when you have a guy who's so clearly the best option at four different positions, you start asking yourself, okay, where are we weakest? And can we just put him there? Um, that's and that's clearly what Clinsman's doing, and I think right now when you look at options, I think left back is kind of the the weakest the weakest position of the ones that, that Johnson can play. I mean, I think they're I think right back now with DeAndre Yedlin playing regularly at Sunderland, I think he's looking like a, a more solid option there. Uh, even Jeff Cameron is still getting minutes at right back for Stoke City, so he's another option. Left back is a much much tougher position to deal with right now because Tim Ream is not playing at Fulham. Uh, he's fallen out of favor there. Demarcus Beasley is just old, and and physically is having a hard time. I mean, y- y- if you saw the opener for Houston, uh, you know he looked like he had a rough go. You know, and and physically, I think it's it's taking a toll on him. And I just don't know if he's if he really can give you much as an international at this point. The guy for me who Klinsman needs to call in and needs to take a close look at is Jorge Vizcaino, and I for the life of me don't understand why he hasn't. Called him in, and or or isn't looking at him, and you know, Javier Fanya was quoted recently as saying he hadn't heard from Klinsman. he hadn't heard from the U.S. national team, and for those of you who have kind of lost track of Fania after he left the Portland Timbers, he went he went to Santos Laguna, uh, a place where they already had a pretty established left back, and he took the starting job, and he's made it his, and he's played excellently for them, um, so he's continued this this rapid ascent. And uh, he finished the year amazingly last year for the Timbers, uh, going up against all comers, going up against the best of the best in MLS of wingers. And he and he and he shut them all down. Now he's in Mexico and he's doing it. He's doing it in Mexico. So if like Klinsman, there's no I mean, at this point, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for Klinsman not to give him a look. I mean, number one, he's playing well enough to deserve it. Number two, he is a dual national. He's a guy who can actually be snatched up by mexico so if you're Klinsmann, you how you can't let that happen so for me it's a no-brainer he has to call up via and not just about it's not just about capsizing him the guy is good enough to start on the u.s national team especially it, it, you're talking about guatemala here right and and no, no offense to guatemala um and, and you know they should have marco papa in there marco papa is not exactly you know he's a handful um so it's not like it's a complete pushover in terms of uh assignment for a left back. But having said that, Villafane is starting and playing in Liga MX uh, consistently and playing well consistently against high-level competition. Why not call him in? And you know what? Give him a chance. Give him a chance to play. Um, So that one bears watching. You know, hopefully he gives him the call. Uh, Another question that I had is John Brooks. Is he ready to start again? Uh, and the uh, people who follow or who are following his, his club career will probably say, "Well, of course uh, he's ready to start again. He's been excellent for Hertha Berlin. Hertha Berlin is having an amazing season. They're they're in they're in a Champions League place right now in the Bundesliga, and he has been a key part of that as an anchor in their defense. He's been very good after overcoming a, a what was a, you know a rough start at the beginning of the season. Now, U.S. national team fans who remember how much he struggled at the Gold Cup." might have their doubts and their questions about whether or not he's ready. But again, that was months ago. Um, he's playing well now. But we've seen this before. We've seen Brooks be excellent for his club but then have his hiccups for country and, and, and have his issues with the national team. So the real question is, has he matured enough now to have that f- his top form translate over to the international level? Um, because you know what? The U.S. has Matt Beasler and Matt Beasler is a very solid defender. And he's a veteran at this point. It's so crazy to call him a veteran now because he was—I mean, it was only uh, three years ago that he, he you know, he—he he was just getting capped for the first time. But Beasley is kind of a proven commodity. He's a steady player. Um, but again, Klinsman has shown in the past that he—he, he, you know, if, if if all things are equal, he'll go with the younger guy. And you know, I think he—he he really sees Brooks, and fairly so. He sees Brooks as the future of that position of the left center back position. So, um. We'll see. We'll see if he calls him in. I mean, for me, if it were up to me, I would put Brooks on the 23s. I would put John Brooks on the U23s. And now I don't know if Herta Berlin would release him to play for the U23s because, again, clubs don't have to let players play in in, in the Olympic qualifying uh, competitions. They don't have to. So, um, But if it were me, I, and I'm Klinsman, I, find, I call up Herta and I tell him, Listen, guys. Um, you need to, you know, you need to, you need to let John Brooks play, uh, in, in this Olympic qualifier. But you know what? It it, it doesn't sound like it. One way, the, either way, I want to see Brooks playing for the U.S. and and showing that he's ready to take that next step to be a consistent, reliable defender. Because the guy, he has the talent. There's no doubt about it. If you watch him play in the Bundesliga, you see a guy who plays with a lot of confidence, very comfortable, very mature, um, for a relatively young defender. But with the U.S. It's not he does. It's not the same. He doesn't. He hasn't at least in the past shown that. So we'll see. Maybe this is a breakout year for him. Uh, and then the last one I'll get onto on the U.S. national team front is is Bobby Wood the answer it forward? That's another question I had in my story. Um, Bobby Wood is playing out of his mind right now uh, for Union Berlin. He's uh, you know among the leading scorers in Bundesliga two. And look, I know Bundesliga two is not the Bundesliga, but it's still a good league. It's still a good level league. I mean. You know you can definitely there, there would definitely be an argument made for to say that it's comparable if not better slightly better than MLS so if you have a guy who's scoring consistently on that level um, why not give him a chance especially at a forward position that's just you know light on options right now um, so that, that that for me uh, bears watching because uh, Bobby Woods playing with so much confidence right now and you don't have you don't have a ton of guys who, who are scoring goals consistently uh, at the fourth position and i think he's earned i think he's i think he's earned a look i think he's earned a look so so we'll see if klinsman gives him a shot and not just a call he's obviously going to get called up the question is will he get a chance to start i want to see him start if josie altidore is healthy i want to see the altidore bobby wood tandem start together because i think with with wood speed and his ability, like because the guy moves really well he's very good at timing his runs and running off of a teammate, I think he's the perfect complement to Josie Altador. And Josie Altador's hold up play has gotten so much better that I think he can't partner well with a player like Wood. So obviously, Josie Altador's availability is still in question because he's still recovering uh, from the, his latest hamstring injury. So now, now if if Altador's injured and can't play, then Wood. I, I mean, I think at that point Wood definitely starts. Uh, and then you ask yourself, well, who partners well with him? Uh, and if if Josie Altador can't play. I'm calling up Clint Dempsey. I mean, but that's just me. I don't know what Klinsman's big picture plans are for Dempsey. I don't know if he wants to just leave him out until and, and Copa America. I'm not necessarily buying the conspiracy theory that he is he is freezing him out. He's going to do a Donovan on him and, and 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 drop him and not even have him be in Copa America. I don't think that's what's going on here. I think he just wants to look at some younger guys. I think Dempsey is at an age now where, you know what, if he can if he can Play fewer games and 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 not play and not get called up to some of these games that they don't really need them. Then then why not? But the, we're talking about World Cup qualifying here. You want to put this thing out of reach. If Josiatura is not available, you got to call up Clint Dempsey. That's just I, I I just think I just think you have to do it. So we'll see. Uh, we'll get the answers to those questions very shortly, as well as uh, you know who who they call up, who the U 23s call up because u 23 is their, their, their series against Colombia is just around the corner as well. Those games are going to be taking place at exactly the same days as the U.S.-Guatemala games. So that's going to be one heck of a few a few days there. Uh, I actually will not be going down to Guatemala. I, I'm, I'm skipping that trip, uh, but I will be in Columbus for the U.S.-Guatemala match. Uh, I've been to Guatemala twice. I was there in 08 for the qualifier, and I was there in 2012 for the qualifier. I will not be there this time, but I will be in Columbus, and uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Um and definitely looking forward to seeing how these U twenty threes do against Columbia in a match in a series that they're gonna be the underdogs in. But I wanna see the I want to see the squad that Andy Herzog calls in because there's some questions there for me for sure in terms of guys that he's looked at, guys he hasn't looked at. Uh I mean I I have said it before, I'll say it again. Paul Ariola should be on that team. We'll see if Andy Herzog uh smartens up and realizes that you know what, in terms of wing options. This is a, Paul Arriola is a guy who should absolutely be on the team. So we'll see, we'll see what uh we'll see how that U twenty three team looks. Uh, and that's it for uh, the the US, uh, US conversation. Uh, and we'll wrap up with uh, some talk on European soccer. Um, there, there was there were some excellent matches this week. Um, we had uh the Champions League uh the quarterfinal, finalist spots start to get booked. Real Madrid and PSG. Among the teams to go through, Real Madrid handled Roma uh, in the second leg, and Roma, to be fair, had the opportunity to pull off the upset, but could not finish their chances. They had, they missed some absolute sitters, let Madrid off the hook. Uh, I, and I'm not saying I was I wasn't rooting against Madrid. I mean, I always want to see a great game. If Roma had scored some of those goals, uh, it would have been, it would have made things very interesting, and then Madrid would have faced some real pressure. But you know what? Roma didn't score madrid did what they had to do and now they're on to the quarterfinals i'm still not convinced madrid's gonna do much in this tournament but you know what they're still alive and psg excellent from them uh beating chelsea very uh very strong showing from them obviously going to going to london and 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 maintaining the lead and 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 holding off chelsea uh psg is a tough one i tell you what everyone's talking barcelona Bayern, but psg could be that shock team that that surprises everyone and wins it all. I mean, obviously Barcelona is still the pick; they're still my pick. Um, I and I personally want to see Bayern Barcelona in the final, but PSG could totally crash that party um, because they they have the weapons for sure, no question. Uh, and then you have Europa League, which this year I think the, the pe- more people are talking about Europa League than ever before. Than ever before, and part of the reason is because you have top English clubs in the round in the knockout rounds here. Uh, and we and some amazing matchups in this round. Uh, Borussia Dortmund, Tottenham, obviously, probably the, the best of the matchups. Dortmund dominated Tottenham in their first leg. And Tottenham, obviously, Mauricio Pochettino did not start start his full strength squad. And I know a lot of people, I know a lot of Spurs fans are not happy about that at all. Uh, but you got to understand, Tottenham is, is in the middle of a title race. They, they still think they can catch Leicester. Uh, Leicester City they still need to hold on to their own spot in in the top in, in the in the standings so you have to ask yourself what's the priority is the league the priority or is the Europa League the priority so um and I know Tottenham fans will say but we're playing Aston Villa this week why do you rest people ahead of Aston Villa that makes no sense uh I get that I get that but at the same time Tottenham just played two very tough matches uh in a row uh they played West the London rivals. They played West Ham in a real tough loss. They they just uh tied Arsenal in a very tough match. Uh you had to to have those two matches and then have to go to Dortmund and play a very intense match against the pressing team that can wear you out. Uh I could see where Pochettino might have been worried that three straight matches like that could have burnt his team out and could have really left them vulnerable for the stretch run. Um, and that's the thing I think that it gets overlooked is, I mean, you have to manage minutes in the course of a season, especially when you're playing on multiple fronts in multiple competitions. So I understand – I, I can't understand why Pochettino went with the lineup that he did. Uh, and even and, – and, and what's interesting to me, what I would say is, I mean – Obviously, it sucks that they didn't play their whole lineup, right? That Tottenham at full strength, because you want to see full strength Tottenham, full strength Dortmund. Who's really better? Personally, I don't, I still think even if Tottenham had been a full strength, I don't think they'd go into Dortmund and win. I don't. I mean, Bayern just went there, they didn't win. Um, and, and I mean, Dortmund could have could have very easily beaten uh, beaten Bayern in Dortmund. So it's not an easy place to play. Dortmund is one of the better teams in the league, in the in, in the in Europe, in the world um just because they're second to to Bayern in germany does not mean they're not one of the top teams in the world and they're and and signal and do the park is one of the toughest places to, places to play in the world so i don't i don't think tottenham even with their full strength team would have won in dortmund it would have been a pretty it, it wouldn't have looked as ugly as this as it ended up looking but i still don't know if they win um and then lastly liverpool beats man united in europa league first time these teams meet in European competition, Liverpool dominated Man United. Man United looked awful. And, and I don't want to hear any Man United fans talking about the penalty and that, that it wasn't a penalty. It was just outside the box. Listen, you can't put your hands on guys that close or right on the edge of the penalty area. You can't do it. And you know what? Memphis needs to learn how to like stay awake because obviously he got caught napping and, and, and got beat on a run. It happens. But at the end of the day, Liverpool should have won this game in a blowout, even bigger than 2-0, but David de Gea was excellent, um, so we'll see. I mean, Liverpool's in in control now. We, I do not see Man U turning that one around at all. I think that one's a wrap. Uh, and lastly, uh, some of the ma- some of the matches to watch this weekend. If uh, and I'm sure if people have already circled them on the calendar. Obviously, you have your MLS matches. However, you have Everton Chelsea, which I think is going to be a fun, one, a, a good one for sure. Uh, and then Man United West Ham. Uh, there's some there's some uh, implications there. Uh, in terms of the standings, uh, obviously West Ham is still kind of that outside shot at a European place. Man United is is a, is a, is a bit a, a bit of a longer shot, and and given how they looked against Liverpool, I don't know if anyone should expect too much from them. Um, but obviously they'll be at home, so you know what? Maybe Louis Van Gaal can get his team to wake up and and play uh, like they needed to play against Liverpool. So we'll see how that rolls. And then obviously if you're a Mexico, if you're a Mexican soccer fan, Chivas Guadalajara, Club America, the Clasico the super uh, it's uh, chivas is is terrible right i mean to be fair it's not it's not the rivalry it usually is because chivas is terrible however this rivalry always seems to still produce uh, memorable matches so if you're not if you're not watching anything else or maybe you want to DVR it maybe you check it out maybe you check out chivas guadalajara against club america that one will be worth watching and uh we've covered it all this is that uh, that is it i know it's a it's a, it's a little bit of a sh- i think it's a short show. i have no idea how much time the show has been um i do not know if I'll, I'll maintain this solo uh format uh i definitely going forward when, when i do the solo formats I'll, I'll bring guests in um players coaches uh other writers and um just to mix it up a bit uh, we will have Paul uh, come back as well. I will have my man Garrett Cleverly back on here. I have to call him one of these times. Maybe maybe we'll bring him on for the next episode, so he can catch us up on what's the latest in his world and 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 get his take on things. Is I I know I know Garrett's definitely got his fans that uh, you know are listeners to the show who miss him, and I miss him too. You know it's a it's 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 a little weird. You know not not having him, but you know we move on, life goes on, and. uh It'll it'll be great to have him back on. Um, so we'll see. And uh, if you if you're listening to the show, and there's guests that you'd like to have on, whether it's players, coaches um, in MLS in the American soccer realm, or uh, or, or reporters, or, or you know, because obviously I, a lot of my good friends that, that cover the cover the beat. And obviously, it, you know, the first couple of years of the show, we never had reporters on, um, just because you know, hey, I'm the guy. I'm the only guy you need to hear from, right, when it comes to opinion. But the jokes aside, um, I think it'll be fun now to to bring people on. And I know that's what everyone else does. So it's kind of like uh, we don't want to be like every other show who brings on. We're never going to be that show that brings on, like, three or four writers and just lets them, um, you know, spew on, on whatever. But, you know, obviously the, the people who I respect, and, and, and I respect a few. I mean, we, there are some great people that cover soccer in this country, in the U.S., um, some really intelligent And insightful people and and i definitely want to bring those people on and not just my boys and not just my friends my closest friends but let's face it my close some of my closest friends are some of the best in the business that's not a it's not a coincidence but uh but yeah no so we'll we'll start to bring bring more people on uh as we move on but yeah if there's someone you want to would like to have on the show uh let me know in the comment section on sbi and uh we'll see what we can do i think next week we'll definitely start targeting some some guests to bring on and as I've stated, as I stated in the last show, I am now producing the show, so I have a bit more control of things, and and I think once we get, ideally, we get to a point where we do this show definitely twice a week, as we've been doing, but maybe even three times a week. Uh, starting, I will make sure next week that we have the the, the third the weekend show uh, ready for Friday morning. Uh, just circumstances have been where I've been, I haven't been able to get the show up until later on Friday. Now, um, apologies for that, but definitely for next week I will try to record on Thursday we'll try to get it rolling to you on Thursday night so you can have it Thursday night and have it all day Friday to listen and I will definitely we will definitely be recording uh, to have the show drop on Monday afternoon so keep an eye out for that that'll be our regular rotation our regular routine and uh, and again the hashtag ask the SBI show will be coming back so uh, look out for that Uh, I'll be looking to get some questions from from people on Twitter uh, to answer on the next show. And uh, and we'll see how that goes. But that's all for now. Uh, I think I've rambled enough. Uh, I'll save everybody the conversations to talk about TV. I'm sure I, I wanted to talk Walking Dead. I wanted to talk about the House of Cards being back. I haven't even started binge watching that, but I do plan to. But I have to renew my Netflix subscription, which I, which I let lapse, uh, sadly. Um, but yeah, no, there's plenty to talk about on that uh, but I, maybe I'll save that for when Garrett comes back, so we can we can we can talk about that stuff like we used to. But uh, that's all for now, and uh, enjoy the weekend. There's plenty to watch, plenty of soccer to watch, and and we'll be back. I'll be back on Monday to go over everything that happened in the weekend. So make sure you look out for that show on Monday. Uh, that's all for now. I'm Ivy Arce. This is the SBI Show.